It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What is up, Dolphins? fans? And welcome into the Wednesday, March the 13th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And as always... I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the Dolphins lose yet another high-caliber player to the free agent market. We'll cover the fallout from Juwan James's contract with the Denver Broncos, plus some moving and shaking in the wide receiver room, what that means going forward, the quarterback plan coming into focus, and we'll wrap up with the day that was around the NFL during this free agency frenzy. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you new listeners or folks that have not done so yet to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and leave us a rating, leave us a review, and please tell a friend about the Locked On Dolphins podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow me on Twitter at WingfulNFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We have tons of new written content for you guys up there every day, especially this week. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On NFL podcast and Locked On NFL Draft podcast for all the free agency, draft, and off-season news for your favorite sports league, the National Football League. We have a busy show, as we always do. Let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another The big news of the day, or I guess of late last night, was Jawan James signing a mega contract with the Denver Broncos and leaving the Miami Dolphins. We talked about it on the podcast yesterday as news broke right around 9 o'clock West Coast time, and I had already published the podcast, so I do apologize for not getting that on yesterday's show, but we can talk about it here today. Jawan James signs a deal that pays him $32 million guaranteed and will make him the highest paid right tackle in the NFL at $13 million annually. So what does this mean for the Miami Dolphins as they lose another first round draft pick? Another draft pick that was a hit leaves via free agency. Well, it means a couple of things. Number one, they did tender Jesse Davis last week as a restricted free agent, as well as Zach Stirrup. And based upon what we're seeing through two days of free agency, you can bet that there's going to be a lot of young players that get playing time on this roster, whether it was previous draft picks, previous undrafted guys, or the rookie crop coming in this year, which I would assume is going to be full of undrafted rookies as well. And I think they're going to give a lot of these young guys chances to earn their keep on the roster because a lot of times you look at players like the cornerback position, for instance, with Jalen Davis, with Cornell Armstrong, with Cordray Tankersley, with Torrey McTire, and all four of those guys have had playing time in the NFL, but you look at that group and you say, there's not a 
starting caliber player among them. So we have to go out and address that position in free agency. Well, the one nice thing about the Dolphins kind of stepping back and rebuilding things and retooling the way they do things is you can run all four of them out there and see if anybody elevates their game to be a player worthy of playing serious playing time on Sundays and maybe one day even starting. So I think we're definitely going to see a huge influx of young players playing on this team, guys that are worthy of it and guys that are hoping to become worthy of more playing time. Now, as far as a budget standpoint, the positional budgeting, every single position group on every single team in the NFL is worked out with a specific number in mind that you don't want to cross. And yeah, there are instances where you can borrow from one group. Like for instance, the Dolphins linebackers are very good and very underpaid. If you don't count Kiko Alonso, you can borrow from that budget and put it on the offensive line. But that's what Mike Tannenbaum did for a long time, overspent on certain positions. And that's why Miami are currently paying their safeties $20 million more than any other team in the NFL for production that frankly is just not that good. And if you sign Juwan James to this contract, you have Laramie Tunzel up here in two years, which of course he can play out this year. He can get a fifth year option. And then the third year you could franchise tag him. So really Tunzel doesn't have his own free agency control for three more years likely. But I do think the Dolphins will want to show some goodwill and sign him to a contract extension probably before that fifth year option comes up. So when you think about that contract he's going to get, we talked about it on the podcast yesterday with Trent Brown's mega deal. He's probably going to see 17, 18, maybe even $20 million annually if he plays the way he did in 2018 going forward, which I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. He's a very, very good elite level left tackle. So if you wanted to pay Jawan James that, you're doing the exact same thing you did at the safety position with Rashad Jones and TJ McDonald. And yeah, James and Tunzel might be a top five tackle bookend group. I think you can put them right in that range, but it's not worth paying way more than every other tandem in the NFL when there are other options you can go out and explore. But Laramie Tunzel now at this point, he is the focal point of the pass protection. You can slide him one-on-one and slide the help to the other side of the formation to pick up the right side of the offensive line. He has to play at this level and continue the trajectory of his career that is heading towards an all-pro level player because Miami has to have him be that guy on this offensive line. He has to play his way and earn his way into that extension. Would I have paid that much for Juwan James? I think I probably just answered that. My answer to that is no. My top level budget was $10 million per year. And frankly, even that made me a bit uneasy because he ended two of the five seasons on injured reserve. He got benched twice during Adam Gaze's tenure. I just think that he's a good player, but he got paid way more, about 50% higher than what his actual value was on this crazy free agent market. Now, the good news for the Dolphins is As our friend Nick Corte at Over the Cap tells us, this currently is the fifth highest comp pick in the entire free agency process, the 101st overall draft pick for the Dolphins in 2020. So they will add a late third rounder slash early fourth rounder, depending on how you look at that draft pick right there. Assuming they don't go crazy in free agency, there are some options in the draft to replace Jawan James if you don't think Jesse Davis is up for the task or you want to keep him at right guard. Jawan Taylor, of course, out of Florida. He was connected to Miami throughout the combine process. He could be an option there at pick 13. But I think that Dalton Reisner would be my top choice because one, 
He's a great player with a nasty mean streak that I think brings that mentality to Miami this new coaching staff wants. But number two, you can definitely get him in a trade back, which my number one goal this entire offseason is to trade back from 13, again, presuming you can't get Kyler Murray. So they get the comp pick, they have to replace the right tackle, and then there's a free agent option out there that I think would make some sense. A former Patriot, he's not a great player. He's probably not even a good player. Adrian Waddle is an option to man that spot and at least get you through one season and maybe bridge to a later draft pick that develops in year number one under your new program. But all things told, good for Jawan James. We should celebrate these types of players getting the contracts like this because it is truly life-changing and it is a culmination of a lifetime of hard work. And the NFL isn't always kind that way. So good for James. I'll miss him. I hope the best for him in Denver. And still, the Dolphins remain very, very quiet on the free agency front. And what I'm wondering is, do you think the Dolphins had to strap Steven Ross to some type of contraption like a Hannibal Lecter style chair device to keep him from getting that itchy finger when he sees all these contracts being handed out and reaching out to agents himself? They are definitely committing to their words back in that press conference in January on Black Monday saying they're not going to go crazy and good for Steven Ross for sticking by that plan and trusting his football people. And to go back to our friend from over the cap, Nick Corte, the Dolphins are technically set up right now to receive a seventh round draft pick in the compensatory uh, formula for Frank Gore. And they'll also likely get a fourth or maybe a fifth round draft pick for whenever Cameron Wake signs somewhere. As I say that fighting back my own tears, I'm going to miss that guy so much, but that depends on the Dolphins' own free agency action. And that could be why you see them just sit this thing out entirely early on. But the good news is, however, as Nick tells us, that that comp pick formula process ends two weeks after the draft. So any summer signings pretty much mid-May and beyond will not impact the comp formula. So perhaps the Dolphins get busier that time of year, obviously when the talent is less. But I think this entire process is about building for the draft and getting ready for these next couple of drafts because the 2019, 2020, and 2021 drafts are going to be ultimately what decides the future of this Dolphins football team. And the Dolphins did issue another contract on Tuesday, and it will not impact their comp formula. We'll talk about that next, plus a receiver on the trade block. Plenty more here ahead on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Burning red, 
And with the Juwan James move going to Denver on a mega contract, the entire Dolphins 2014 draft class is now gone, except for one man, the special teams ace himself, the new captain of the special teams in the post-Michael Thomas era, Walt Aikens, the fourth round pick, number 125. I think he came from Liberty, I want to say, is the college he was out of. I know it was a small school, but he is still with the Dolphins. On the second year of a two-year contract that paid him $1.5 bucks per year, he's the only Dolphin of that draft class, which includes Jawan James, Billy Turner, Jarvis Landry, and a bunch of other afterthoughts. Terrence Fade, one of the guys in that group as well, that did not get second contracts with the Dolphins. And that comes after the 2013 epic, epic failure of a draft class for the Miami Dolphins that included going up to get Deion Jordan, drafting Jamar Taylor, drafting AAF star Will Davis, and just pretty much putting together the worst draft class in the history of the Miami Dolphins. And these two draft classes come after the Dolphins have one of their better drafts in really recent memory in 2012, where they saw three starters leave via free agency after their first contract. And Ryan Tannehill was the only one from that group to get a second deal. And that's really why the Dolphins have been what they've been for the last several years. A mediocre team down the middle of the fairway. Really, probably, frankly, better record than they should have had because of the way this roster has been assembled and the coaching they've gotten. It's kind of crazy to think this team has won seven, eight, nine, even 10 games at times. But teams typically, after you draft the franchise quarterback, you surround him with talent. And the Dolphins, they tried, but they failed oh so miserably. And that's why we're here. Let's go ahead and shift gears here back into more relevant Dolphins news. I'm not going to beat you guys up too much this offseason. We're going to have a long one as far as this offseason goes. So why dredge on the past? But as far as the long offseason goes, I think this news will put more of you guys back into that long offseason mode because the other news of the day, the Dolphins re-signed wide receiver Devontae Parker to a two-year deal worth up to $13 million in total money. It's really based at $10 million, but incentives could have it climb up to $13 million. But the one part of this deal that I do like is that no money is guaranteed in year number two. They will commit, I believe it's $5 million this season to Devontae Parker. I have not seen the finalized number on that. Not a horrendous price to pay for a guy that still does have talent, but just was never able to put it together as a professional. And look, I mean, I know it. I, I bag on the guy all the time. I was never a fan of him lip syncing to Snapchat videos on his phone. I, I mean, I thought that was kind of something only teenage girls did. I didn't like the fact that he never knew what a meal plan was until last offseason. I didn't like his stupid cryptic tweets or IG stories or whatever. In fact, he just did a cryptic IG story a couple of days ago. And most of all, I don't like that he told me to go fuck myself once upon a time on Twitter. And that all kind of comes back to the fact that I wasn't really a big fan of his coming out of Louisville. I thought he was a bit too finesse for the position and didn't really have the start-stop ability. Now we know what he can do high-pointing the football and going downfield as a deep threat, and we saw that at times, but I just never thought his game would translate to the NFL, so I'll go ahead and take the victory reluctantly on that. But what's more, I don't like the fact that he's been injured every single year of his career and missed games every single year of his career. I don't like that he does not help his quarterback on contested balls and lets those underthrown passes get picked off without any semblance of a fight. 
I just don't see a guy that wants it. And that always bothers me as a person that would kill to have the athletic ability to play a professional sport and that loves the game so much that I sit here and talk to myself for a half an hour every day. Seeing guys that take it for granted like that really, really bothers me. So with that in mind, they load this deal up with incentives and see if cash will be the motivator because if cash won't do it, Nothing will, and his career will come to an end after, what, six years in the NFL? Devontae Parker, at his peak, is a long strider that can use body positioning to box out his man and extend those arms and use the strong hands to pluck the ball out of the air. I think he's mostly a natural catcher of the football, not the smoothest route runner. He's limited in that regard as far as his route tree goes. But that stretch that he had in 2016 was one of the brightest glimpses of wide receiver play we've seen in Miami since... Chris Chambers in 2001, maybe you can say Brandon Marshall, but he wasn't here for very long and he wasn't our own homegrown product. But Chris Chambers was looking awesome until he got the lights turned out in Denver that night in 2002. I think that Devontae Parker in that little stretch of games, I think it was San Diego and San Francisco in the Los Angeles Rams game, he was just dominant one-on-one coverage going up top in the red zone. He did everything that stretch of games. And we haven't gotten back to that yet. So I think they're seeing that and hoping that's where he can get to and grow his game to. This new staff is obviously familiar with him. Flores had to plan against him twice a year in New England. Chad O'Shea saw him twice a year and will now work with him as a former wide receivers coach in New England, now offensive coordinator and play caller in Miami. So if they think he's worth that low gamble, why the hell not? Go ahead and do it. They're not going to spend anywhere else anyways. Got to get that money up to the cap floor. Might as well try to develop one of your own guys. And in other Dolphins wide receiver news, apparently the Eagles called and asked about Kenny Stills' availability, and they offered the Dolphins the same trade that wound up getting Deshaun Jackson back into Philadelphia, and the Dolphins essentially told them to go pound sand. Now that one, I like that one, because Stills has had a couple of rough years these last two seasons with really questionable quarterback play at best. But he is a better player than that production suggests. He is a very selfless player and runs a lot of decoy routes and clear out routes. Though I do think that if the price were right, Miami would move on from him. I just don't know that anybody's going to offer a fourth or third round draft pick for a receiver that cost $8 million per year on the salary cap. And then real quick here, there's the quarterback news. Teddy Bridgewater signs with the New Orleans Saints to return as their backup, and that was a big development and a bit of a shocker early Tuesday morning because the news came out that Miami offered him more money to come be the starter with the Dolphins, but that has since been debunked as, and this is the first time I've ever gotten to use this phrase on the podcast, has been debunked as fake news. So now the Dolphins have to reset their focus on the crop of quarterbacks that remains available, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Blake Bortles, Tyrod Taylor, to me, really sounds like this. <clears throat> That's a fart. I found a fart noise machine on YouTube. Very happy about that. But basically, yeah, this crop of quarterbacks is a giant fart noise. And we'll have a piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com looking at Tyrod Taylor and what he could be in this offense as I have that full-fledged scouting report ready to go right now. I'm just waiting for it to be official before I publish it. And when I do, we'll discuss it on the podcast. A quick spoiler, I'm not a fan of his game whatsoever, and I can show you direct details why I'm not a fan of his game. We also have a piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com from our staff writer, Andrew Mitchell. He wrote about Blake Bortles, and bless your heart, Andrew, for taking on that assignment. I know it probably was not easy, 
but he's one of the guys, I suppose, in the running for the job in 2019. And before we wrap this thing up next here on the podcast, we're going to spin it around the league as Tuesday was another very busy day in the NFL. So much fun as a fan to watch all these players changing teams. I'm going to step away until later tonight and update this thing just before publishing it in the wee hours of Wednesday morning so I don't miss any more late night news again because, I mean, seriously, the Dolphins do this to me every time. Brian Flores hired on a Friday. Jawan James signs at like midnight Eastern time. All this news comes down outside of the hours we're supposed to be working and they I assume they're just going to do it to me again on Tuesday night. So we'll come back later and get you all the updates for the Dolphins and the NFL around the league. We'll come back on the other side at Wingful NFL at Locked On Fins. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There's a video with John Kinjemi of the Miami Dolphins audio, or I suppose media team, with Devontae Parker right after he signed his contract. And I just want to make a quick editorial here. You know, I talk a lot of crap about some players and maybe sometimes it gets personal and I I need to stop doing that because you can tell with Devontae Parker that there is a real disconnect as far as his social skills and a lot of people, doesn't matter how famous you get or how in the public eye you get, if you're an introvert and you don't like speaking in public, that never gets easier and I think that's probably the case with Devontae Parker and I've been there so many times in my past, I know I sound very outgoing on the show but... I'm sitting up in the corner of my upstairs office by myself having a gay old time and just loving myself up here. And that's why you get the genuine article with me. But if I was in his shoes in that public spotlight at age 23, 24, I might be the same way too. So I do want to apologize. He's not going to hear it, but apologize to Devontae Parker and just apologize to my audience because I think sometimes... We can be rough on these guys, and they're just humans. They're just kids, and we should probably step back a little bit and consider that before we take too much criticism on them on social media. Let's go ahead and jump into the last topic here of the podcast because yesterday on the podcast, we talked at length about the Jets and Bills getting busy on day one of free agency. Well, they did not stop on day number two. As the hilarious news of the day, Anthony Barr, my final note on Monday sh- or Tuesday's show, rather, Anthony Barr spurns the New York Jets and returns back to Minnesota, taking $2 million less per year 
And though it is hilarious, I think the Jets dodged a bullet there because they were about to sink a bunch of money into a player they wanted to convert to a pass rusher, which that's not what he was in in the NFL. He was in college, but I mean, the guy had 13 and a half sacks because one, they didn't scheme him to rush, and two, he's just not that good of a pass rusher. They do, however, the New York Jets sink $15 million per year with $50 million guaranteed into an off-ball linebacker. Yes, C.J. Mosley is a great player, but $15 million for an off-ball linebacker in today's NFL? Yeah, I'm sure they will not regret that at all if you cannot sense my sarcasm through the microphone. The Buffalo Bills, I thought, signed two quality players on Tuesday to give Josh Allen some playmakers and some help on that offense. John Brown, to me, is one of the best contracts in the NFL so far these last couple of days. So they do well in the funny money week. And they also bring in Cole Beasley from the Dallas Cowboys to revamp that receiver crew, which was probably one of the worst in the history of the NFL in 2018. Okay, I stepped away and I am now back late in the evening. Let's go ahead and run through this thing rapid fire. The Green Bay Packers were very busy on the day getting deals done with edge rusher Preston Smith linebacker Zadarius Smith, and safety Adrian Amos. I think that among the teams that went on shopping sprees the first two days of free agency, the Packers are one of the teams that did it right. Because look, the teams that are out there spending these buku bucks, the Raiders, the Bills, the Jets, the team from Washington, D.C., the Cardinals, these are the teams that go ham every single year. And what do they have in common? They're not playoff teams, and notice the teams that stand pat and sit out this portion of free agency. This happens literally every single year, and the Dolphins used to be in that group, but no more. However, the Packers did fix some holes, and when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, I understand the idea of trying to build up the last few years of his career for a couple more runs, because frankly, one Super Bowl championship under Aaron Rodgers is absolutely criminal in Green Bay. The Packers also land former Dolphins tackle Billy Turner, and I think that's worth noting that his play got better once he left the Dolphins. You'll recall he was a third-round draft pick out of North Dakota State, and he was dominant there. He was both powerful and athletic at the same time. He earned a third-round draft status from the Dolphins, and they had him trying to learn pretty much every position besides center, which harkens back to the comments by Josh Sitton, who says that switching sides on the offensive line is like learning how to wipe your butt with your offhand, and also corroborated by Joe Thomas saying it takes three months to learn a new position on the offensive line. So the Dolphins under Joe Philbin and Jim Turner, the terrible coaching staff they had together, ruins Turner, and he then salvages his career in Denver and gets a big deal from the Packers. So good for Billy Turner. Other big deals across the league, center Matt Paradis was rumored to be going to the Jets, but he does not sign. He signs with the Panthers instead to replace Ryan Khalil. I mentioned the Cardinals. They are busy. They've already inked Terrell Suggs. 16 years in Baltimore for Suggs. You probably won't see that ever again outside of the quarterback position. They also land linebacker Jordan Hicks. Latavius Murray is headed to New Orleans. Sounds like Mark Ingram will move on as well. He has been linked to the Baltimore Ravens, which also a rumored player to be heading to Baltimore. One of two stops for him is Le'Veon Bell, who sounds like he's getting his ass kicked out on the open market. The GMs are valuing him as a 10 or $11 million player, which would be a big mistake for him to step away from that 14 million bucks last year in Pittsburgh. And frankly, I do hope that he winds up with the Jets because one, there's no way Adam Gaze maximizes his talent. 
Two, I buy the rumors that he got fat during his year away from the game. Just look at his college playing weight. And number three, running backs typically are not worth that kind of scratch, especially this late into their careers. And the Titans land former Bucks receiver Adam Humphreys, as well as former Rams guard Roger Saffold. Devin Funches winds up in Indianapolis with the Colts. Sheldon Richardson going to the Cleveland Browns. Kareem Jackson, the cornerback, goes to Denver. And Tayshawn Gibson, a guy I thought Miami might be interested in because he was cut, he signs with the Houston Texans. Okay, that should just about put a bow on another fun show. I love doing this stuff. I love having the NFL in the news and dominating, even if it isn't our Miami Dolphins. But as you guys know, I'll always find a way to get you guys content. I have two pieces on LockedOnDolphins.com waiting in the chamber. They are farewell pieces to two of my favorite Dolphins of recent years. One of those guys is Cameron Wake, which I challenge you not to get teary-eyed reading that piece. We'll publish that as soon as we have news on where he winds up. And if the Dolphins sign Tyrod Taylor, go to LockedOnDolphins.com because you'll find a detailed scouting report on Taylor immediately after he signs. So check that out when it happens. And wouldn't you know it, once again, the Dolphins do it late on a Tuesday evening, early Wednesday morning. If you're on the East Coast, we jump back on the podcast here at 11 o'clock at night. I was planning on getting back on to tell you that the New York Jets signed Le'Veon Bell to a four-year $52 million contract. More on that in just one second, but the breaking news into the podcast, some Dolphins news. The Dolphins signed cornerback Eric Rowe, formerly of the New England Patriots. There is a very detailed piece up on LockedOnDolphins.com looking at his snaps by position, his strengths, his weaknesses, his college scouting report, his combine metrics, everything about Eric Rowe up on LockedOnDolphins.com. We'll go further into his scouting report on tomorrow's episode, But to get back to the Le'Veon Bell contract, he comes in at far less money than I think everybody anticipated and gets a job with the Jets. And now it's up to Adam Gaze to figure out if he can find out how to use an electrifying game-breaking running back, which we all kind of know how that goes. But still, Bell to the Jets. And also some other news that I wasn't going to put into the podcast, but the Bell news, the Eric Rowe news got me back up here into the office talking to you guys The Cleveland Browns did not stop at Odell Beckham. They are expected to sign Earl Thomas to a three-year contract as well. So the Cleveland Browns turning things around in a big way. Again, we'll cover Eric Rowe on tomorrow's episode. But as for my time today, that is it. I'm going to go watch a movie, then go to bed. If you guys have a smart speaker or Bluetooth capability in your car... Just say play Locked On Dolphins podcast and pull the pod up right away. Also, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingful NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for an official day one of free agency recap here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.